0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Wild Doom Podcast. This is episode 6. Thank you so much for listening and reaching out with how you're feeling about the podcast. It's meant a lot to hear um, that it's made a bit of an impact for some people and Even if it's not fully impacting you, uh, it's just cool that people are listening and that we're having space to have these conversations. I think I really just want to reach people, and I think that's what a lot of us, uh, especially who work in this field, have been talking about is we just want more people to know what doulas are, what their options are, how they can be better supported, and I think this is a great way to start those conversations sometimes um so thanks thank you thank you for supporting this please keep reaching out with feedback um and if you want to be on this or if you know anybody who might want to talk to me let them let them know to reach out I'd love to chat some more I do just want to say that if you have reached out and I haven't been super, super on it the past couple of weeks, I'm really overwhelmed with the actual the amount of people that want to talk to me. It's amazing. It's a great, a great feeling of overwhelm. It's just that I'm at the end of my first semester back to school in over five years and doing exams and learning science is insane. So I'm a little stressed, but (laughs) I'm happy to say it's almost over and uh, bear with me because things are going to smooth out and I have so much more coming with this project. um, And I'm going to keep it up no matter what, because it's my favorite thing that I'm doing. So thank you. Thanks for being here and, and being in this space. Anyway, this week, I have a really great conversation with Sarah Frank. Um, Sarah is a former coworker of mine at a restaurant in Amherst, Massachusetts. Um, we had a little bit of a pre-chat before this, so I'm just going to recap because we dive straight into the story. Um, so Sarah, when I knew her, was married to her high school sweetheart, and then they moved back to Texas together and ended up getting divorced. And Sarah met somebody else uh, who she's now married to and has a lovely baby with. And this is the story that we're hearing. Um, She also, in that process, became the mother to his 11-year-old daughter um, from previous relationship. And we get to hear all about how she's been navigating parenting an infant and parenting a girl going through puberty and how she's kind of using that opportunity to shape how she how her uh, daughter gets to engage with her body and grow up and learn reproductive health in a way that is real and tangible and honest and it is so cool that she gets to do that and I'm really proud of her um as you'll hear through the story, she's just really honest about everything and really open to having some conversations. And I think that's exactly how we reach people sooner is talking about reproductive health from the beginning, talking about consent and talking about our bodies and what's actually happening. So that we grow up having healthy relationships with our bodies and with each other. And it just creates a really great basis for a healthier life in a more empowered experience um which is what I hope for everybody anyway uh without further ado please enjoy this story um there's so much amazing stuff here um it's yeah it's it's emotional and empowering and informative and you'll see how It's not always what you expect that turns out to be really lovely. So enjoy and uh, thanks so much for listening.
1: Should talk about yeah, that I would
0: love to hear. I mean, I feel like yeah. We need to hear the background to see. I I like to ask like where, where you're at right now. So that kind of gives us a general sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I would love to hear all your birth story and everything.
1: Yeah. So the birth story is really interesting. So my sister, at least it's interesting to me, because um, <laughs> my sister has four girls, and three of the four were home births. And the first one, uh, Maggie was at a, a birthing center that was a, affiliated with a hospital in Framingham. I don't remember the name of it. And okay. Maggie was born when I was in high school as was, so she's the oldest, she's 11, almost 12 this month. Um, And then Kate was the next one and she was her first home birth. And <clears throat> again, I think that was like my senior year of, of high school. And then Ellie was born. She's, six now when I was in college and I was up in Massachusetts and I was going to be at that birth like it was my intention I was in Amherst I was like my bag had been packed for weeks to just like drive <laughs> the hour to my sister's in Southboro and make it um, but her birth was so fast like I had talked to her earlier in the day <laughs> earlier in the day and my sister was like yeah it might be today it's like i I'm feeling some contractions, but I don't think that it's going to be today. And she's like talking like it's old hat because she's had, you know, two girls already. She's like, oh, maybe I'll let you know, but no rush. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to be there. I want to like dive in. <laughs> this is my next niece. Like, I think it's wonderful. It's super empowering. We've always talked about home birth and how wonderful it is and you're a rock star with it. And the more I can be a part of it, that would be great. Um, and so then I get a call from my sister. Oh, I guess, I, I think, guess it was my brother-in-law, Joe. He called me at like six o'clock and was like, okay, I think it's tonight. You should probably head out. And I was in the car within 15 minutes. I was like, see everybody, <laughs> I'm going to my sister's birth. Um, and I was not even through Belcher town to like get to the highway, <laughs> Um, and my brother-in-law called me back and said, "You have a niece!" Oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy! And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, I, "Couldn't you wait like thirty minutes? Like I'm,
0: all, <laughs> I'm I'm ready for days. Put it back, put it back." <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and uh,
1: so I kept driving, and I was. It was still really cool to get there. And Emily, because it was so fast, it actually was. Uh, they almost took her to the hospital just cuz she lost a lot of blood cuz it was so fast like yeah. um for the laboring and just like they she had done a, a water birth for at least Kate's the other home birth the one before that and they didn't even have time to fill up the birthing tub so she delivered the baby on her bathroom floor and Joe caught the baby and the midwife was there don't worry like <laughs> they, they had the midwife had come and everything um but it was just a lot faster than they expected. So there, were, there was a lot of attention on my sister, and I was able to jump in with the midwife that was hanging out with my new baby niece, Ellie. And I got to do the APGAR test and do all sorts of like hands on things with her. And it was just so cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. Back to my birthing story. I, so I felt so first hand experience I guess not experienced but comfortable with um doing a home birth just because I had mm-hmm. been surrounded by it from an older sister she's 11 and a half years older she's already been through this I mean she's my half sister but still we have similar body things so I knew she could do it of course I'm gonna be able to do it most likely you know yeah. I knew all of the the reasoning behind it I had been prepared my whole you know life considering at least the time I've been considering having a kid that that was what I wanted to do so and why was it what you thought you wanted to do I really thought and I still if I have another one I still think I'm so I guess I'm still on the fence about this because I had such a good hospital birth experience which is surprising based on yeah I'm very curious to hear yeah um well I really – I think it's really powerful to be in touch with your own body. And I think that yeah. that's the – at least that's – I wanted to be in more control of things. I mean, I'm a, you know, you've know, you known me. I'm a pretty confident human being. I know yeah. what I – I know how I feel. I'm in touch with my body well enough that I know what would feel right, what wouldn't feel right, all of those things. So I, I didn't want somebody taking away – such a natural experience from me unless absolutely necessary. Um, So home birth seemed to make the most sense because you're in your own space. You're able to just be you and be in your primal state and do what you need to do for your own body and not be in an, just even in the environment an environment that you're not familiar with. Right. So I was fully prepared for all of this, but (laughs) The person I'm with is so opposite of Western Massachusetts. Really? <laughs> He's in a Marine mm-hmm. and works and owns his own sweeping company that works in construction and works with Walmart and has no issue with that. And, like, just so many different fil- – like, as much as we're the same personality type, we have very different – Direct philosophical in practice for walks of life, like our our way of doing life on those kinds of things is very different. So, when I first even introduced the idea of a home birth, the reaction was, Oh my God, why? (laughs) You know, it was the typical (laughs) Western medicine. Why wouldn't you use Western medicine? We have it. This is why it's here. It's what everybody does. And also, keep in mind, I'm in Dallas, Texas, which is actually pretty good for birthing centers and and home births, considering being in the South and in a metropolitan area. It, it's pretty good. At the time, I mean, we're still in a very conservative <laughs> area. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's just a very different, everything's different. Like, I'm very much in white suburbia, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just a very
0: different frame of mind
1: yeah, than what yeah, i I'd imagine yeah
0: so I, I have no idea i've never been to texas so i don't know but <laughs> that's yeah. what i've been told it's just yeah it's 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 very
1: whitewashed i don't know how yeah. else to put that in a non offensive way i mean here i am a white woman staying at home with my baby so i am privileged beyond belief um but it's, it was just it, coming from some, this sort of, it's viewed very as all home birth stuff is very alternative lifestyle. That's the, yeah. the, the general feeling and the general approach. And I guess that's true countrywide, but it's especially so in this environment. Yeah. Um, so that was the typical response that I got was why wouldn't you just get an epidural and go in and schedule yourself and be induced and that's that. Like, and he didn't mean it in any sort of loaded way or controlling
0: way. It was just like, he probably just didn't understand, I would imagine. Yeah.
1: He had no exposure to it. No real idea. So so after the initial shock where we both were like, okay, well this is going to be an interesting process to go through together and figure out where we both agree Um, (laughs) (laughs) and where we can come together. We sort of decided early on that it made the most sense for us to both be comfortable, which I think is important um, for us to do a birthing center for the first one. Um, And there's a lot of really awesome birthing centers in this area that are run by midwives. Um, I was surprised at at how many choices I had. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. There were like, there's three within 25 minutes of my house and I'm, Thirty minutes outside of Dallas, so I was really surprised at the places, and I got to go yeah. to each one and interview and figure out which one felt, you know, right for me. And I was lucky enough to find the one that is literally ten minutes from my house in the country on a farm.
0: <laughs> was that's amazing? Oh my god! You, I was just so excited. <laughs> what is it
1: called? Um, it's called All About Babies. Okay, and it's run by. Um, a midwife that's been doing this, oh, she's probably 65, I would guess at most, but she's been doing it since, at least for the last 15 years. So they've had 800 births or more at this birthing center.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And it's in the middle of nowhere in- in retro like in comparison to the metroplex and it's literally on a farm there's a birthing room that you can like look at goats out the backyard from your birthing tub and
0: you know it's really like the most random places that I've I ah. hear have like the best maternity care oh hi baby yes hello <laughs> 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 but yeah there's like so many little pockets in the country that are just like surprisingly super radical with their birth situation. It's so interesting. Like really radical. Like they were awesome.
1: Like I was so on board and I did birthing classes with them and got different, um, like I was already pretty knowledgeable about which prenatal vitamins I wanted to take um, and had done all of that research on my own. And I was still able to learn about other additional really cool, um supplements that I could take for different things that would just like make my um make my oh my gosh I'm losing my words the sack the baby's grown in
0: placenta (laughs) no
1: isn't the the whole amniotic yeah my amniotic sack yeah okay that makes (laughs) thanks
0: Kaylee
1: (laughs) mom brain early on I told you sticky so um made that really really hard so that it helps with prolonging um, the development of the baby while they're in your tummy and all sorts of really cool things that then once they introduced me to the idea, I could do my own independent research on and, you know, was able to either confirm or, you know, disagree with and make my own decisions. But it was so cool to have it literally 10 minutes away. Yeah. That's amazing. So so everything was like working out. I had successfully convinced (laughs) my partner to be okay with alternative Birthing (laughs) coming from (laughs) the why wouldn't you just do what is expected of society and you just go to the hospital because he has two um, other kids of his own so he's got us which sounds like a big number but it doesn't feel like anything sometimes I feel like I'm the older one in the relationship yeah
0: age doesn't really matter (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing
1: that's another thing that people judge on but yeah sure. Yeah, so he's got a a 20 year old son, and then Kate Morgan, um, who's 11. And so both of those children were born just in the typical induced hospital setting. So that was his experience. And so I was like, okay, success, we're gonna be compromising in a birthing center. It's my first birth. I think that makes sense. Because I don't yeah. know, I want and him to be comfortable. are amazing
0: too. Yeah,
1: it's ten minutes from my house, so it's like literally as close as it can be without being in my house. <laughs> 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 so everything was looking fine, and we also compromised because, um, well, I don't even think this was a compromise. I probably would have done this anyway. Um, I I have a really awesome OB, and I picked her out. That was the only thing – like, I'm not good at – I don't know. Maybe, I think this is typical. Not a lot of people are very good at, like, going to the doctor when you're a healthy human being. Um, yeah. So
0: Hate it. Yeah. And Personally. Yeah.
1: It's not fun. You're like, why do I need this physical? Oh, my body's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I moved to Texas, that was the one thing that I was really into. I was like, I want a really good OB because I knew – regardless of Drew, I was probably going to be in Dallas for a while and I knew I wanted to have kids. And so I really wanted to start fostering that relationship and find somebody that I could trust. Um, and that was the most important. And is going to potentially be my OB, at least just for basic care. And so, yeah, I found this lady based on her holistic approach within Western medicine, um, towards women's health and birth. And so her name is, uh, Yolanda Lawson and she's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, she used to have her own birthing center in Dallas where you could do it, uh, like a water birth or just be out of the hospital setting, but she had to eventually discontinue it cause she's too busy, which that happens. And I understand, um, it was a bummer, but not the end of the world. So she's, Totally on board. I thought she was a really good balance of medical approach to women's health while also understanding that every woman is different and what we know our bodies best. And so what we're feeling is really important from the questions she asks at every, um, every visit, even just like a typical visit, not pregnancy, just asking how you're doing. It's very individualized. She's one of it those. She actually
0: spent time with you. Yeah. I was
1: just about to say it, you go in, you have your appointment at 11, you may not see her until 1230, but it doesn't piss you off because you know she's just spending time with all these other people the same way she's about to spend time with you.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That's very different than it is here.
1: Yeah. So uh, I decided to go with the midwives at the birthing center simultaneously while maintaining my visits with her because i had already had two years of a really good relationship with her as just my OB and it was my first pregnancy and my first birth. So why wouldn't I take advantage and do both routes if I felt comfortable? So that was kind of what I decided on and Barry really appreciated it
0: because <laughs> he was like, please Western medicine. Um, <laughs> so was she open or did she know or support that you were with the midwives as well? So at first I think I told her in the second
1: trimester cause okay. I, was, I didn't, when did I decide? Yeah, I was probably at the end of my first trimester. No, I was in my second trimester by the time I really figured out which birthing center I was going to go with and which midwives I wanted to work with. So that, yeah, that took a little more time um, for me to figure out partially because I was just traveling and doing all sorts of things with the family that it was kind of challenging when you're not in your own city to figure out. Right. So once I figured that out, I told her, yeah, I told her at the end of the second trimester and she, she was surprised, but she was really supportive. She didn't say anything negative about midwives. Um, she was just like, that's your decision. I recommend looking at what their credentials are. I'm sure you already have, you know, these are the different types of certifications you can have um, for being a midwife. This is the kind that I recommend. I hope that that's what you're going with, but if not, you know, trust your, trust your judgment. Um, And then we also made sure at the same time we told her, I was like, but I want to keep coming to you throughout the rest of this pregnancy and postpartum anyway. Mm in addition, because that's what we want to do. And we're lucky enough to be able to do that both, you know, with insurance and financial, you know, because that's a lot of medical care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, right.
1: Because we're basically doubling
0: up. Um, Were the midwives um, covered by insurance? No, they were not. But the
1: way that they did it, yeah, I I, I meant to look into this about how – the midwifery works within the state of Texas a little bit better. I didn't do as detailed of research as I feel like I should have on how Mm -hmm. the laws work around it here. Um, Because every single one that I, I, every birthing center that I went to was very religious and like how they presented themselves. Now in practice. Yeah. Whereas, but in practice when I was like talking with the midwives or, um, in an actual, you know, um, physical or a checkup, there was zero religion involved. It was purely like, Hey, what's going on with your body? And what's, how's the baby doing? And how are you doing? And just normal. But like from every sort of nuance on their website to when you walk in the room, there were all of them had crosses everywhere. And, Jesus loves the little children kind of things
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> everywhere that's interesting so
1: huh. to me it's yeah it just sort of was enough of a question mark in my brain of is there something that gives them exemption within religious context legally in the state of Texas if they are somehow religiously affiliated is that why we have the freedom to use these facilities
0: you know I I. Don't that's know. very possible yeah, yeah every state has different laws around midwifery. Um, yeah, I, I need to know every, every state, but it's like really not, not, uh, as recognized yeah. across the board. Right. And because they all had it, I, that's what sort of yeah
1: I made think, me go. I, I yes. bet that that's something to do with it. I'm going to look
0: into that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. That's um, so a loophole. Yeah, exactly. So back to the insurance thing. So their way around it was, they ask you to pay, I guess, um, I want to say around a third of the cost of the birth in the facility. And then, again, this all sounded like very much like exemptions legally and how they were doing things, because then they had the remaining bill that then if we write some sort of note literally saying, we can't pay the remaining $10,000 for financial reasons, that then they can then in turn turn that in and get reimbursed by the state, I think. Okay. So it's like very reduced price. Yeah. For what it co- it should be. Like their bill was, I don't know, I'm making up a number. I think it was like $15,000 for... All of your prenatal care, the birthing classes, the um, facility f- which you could stay at for up to like I, I, like for days, you know, after having the baby if you wanted to, um, and all of the midwives, and you only, they only really ask you to pay, I don't know, four thousand dollars of that, and then okay. the remaining balance is. Once you write this mysterious letter saying that you can't
0: <laughs> pay, they
1: somehow are able to then get what they're owed through the
0: state, I'm guessing. Interesting. It was so bizarre. That sounds friends. interesting. Yeah. It was yeah, so I've weird. i actually just looked at their website now, and it's a, there's a psalm mm-hmm. right on the front page. It's so interesting. And yeah. It's, yeah. I'm going to look into that. That seems Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway. Yeah. Cause that was actually one of the things, like I'm a pretty spiritual person and I totally believe in divine intervention as we were sort of talking about in reference
0: to my relationship.
1: <laughs> and, but I didn't really want the, the, I didn't want the religion to sort of overshadow or take control in some way of my birthing experience. I know that sounds kind of, maybe sounds strange, but I was like, no, not at all. I like, I, I part of me is like, as, as much as God may or may not be involved in like the creation of this little
0: being and my, me and my life, this is still my birth. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a lot to put into something that may or may not be at play, you right. know? <laughs> and I
1: didn't want to focus so much on like, you know, God in the moment that I'm, you know, trying to turn off the world and just focus on exactly. my body laboring.
0: <laughs> yeah. I. I am not religious, so I know that if that was my situation, I would be so pissed off if someone was like, "It isn't God's, this or future- God's way, or whatever. <laughs> exactly." Like, and I was like, off. Oh, "Right, exactly." And ex- <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was very
1: apprehensive as I walked into all of these places, and was like, "Oh no!" Like, it's and I there, and I grew up in the church, and like, I. I think it's a really beautiful thing on a lot of levels and I'm very familiar with it but I was like no 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 this is not what I want and it worked out none of them really gave any real impression of true you know like religion in being a part of the actual nitty-gritty of what they were gonna do it was just it's like it was painted over because
0: It had to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was very strange. It really sounds like it's some sort of loophole. Loophole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So.
1: So I told them that I was also doing my doctor and they were kind of like, but why? (laughs) Like I got more pushback from them as far as opinions were concerned. Yeah. Than I did from my doctor, which is, I don't know, I guess counterintuitive for the alternative. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you would expect that. But I, I do think that sometimes you kind of you get like the opposite of what you'd expect with that when it's like we have to be so protective of natural birth that there's no space for right. wanting a different thing. And that's where yeah, both sides can get really in trouble, I think.
1: Exactly. It was ver yeah, you swing too far on one direction and your opinion is then
0: the only way
1: and you have to protect it like you were saying yeah Yeah. yeah. so that was i got more of that from them which didn't phase me that much because i was able to filter through it because i guess i'm more used to that sort of more um extreme extreme way of talking and defending your your left views
0: (laughs) right yeah
1: um, just from again living in western massachusetts
0: Yeah, and then going back
1: to Texas. Right. So I'm just really – I was very comfortable at filtering out the parts that could be offensive, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But my partner was definitely irritated every single time and was like,
0: don't get me wrong. It's also something you shouldn't have to – you shouldn't have to
1: right that's true and it's
0: interesting that we're like now talking that way about the midwives when normally I'm talking to people like you shouldn't have to have to like filter through what your doctor says but yeah it was so bizarre
1: (laughs) it was so bizarre right um that I had this opposite and I have you know read a bunch of different like books on home birth versus midwives versus doctors and again those are all going to be the ones that I chose to read are you know, slated towards home birth and natural birth. So that's the opinion being shared. But what I experienced was so opposite yeah. of what that side of the, of the propagandas, you know, throws out there for us to expect. It's
0: so strange. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, I was like, whatever, I'm going to do both of you guys, like, and I'm eventually going to have my birth here anyway. So you guys can just deal with me going to my doctor, too, because that's my decision. So it was, it was never really a problem. Um, They were just kind of like, they cocked their head to the side. We're like, but why when you're choosing (laughs) to do this? Um, So anyway, long story short, about, I don't know, a couple weeks into my third trimester, um, I went to my doctor for the first, third trimester, um, visit and had the ultrasound and my fluid was low. That was the, the first thing it was, I guess your fluid levels are supposed to be around a 12 or higher at that point. And I know your fluid levels go lower as your baby's getting bigger, but that was pretty early for them to be like, she only found an eight and I guess critical low levels are below a six.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So I was at an eight and it was two weeks into my third trimester. And she was like, ah, that, that's just weird enough, you know, that I am, I would like to monitor you some more. So I started coming in regularly to my doctor. I think it's every week I would go in um, at the beginning of my third trimester. And We did it for about three weeks and my fluid levels were still just at this eight, like staying really low. And I like hydrated like it was my only job. Like I was drinking gallons of water a day at that point because I was doing everything in my power to be like, okay, well, if I drink gallons of water and almost overhydrate, then I know it's not me being too dehydrated and doing anything on my end. It's something that my body's doing and whether or not it's fine or not fine. That's to be determined. So right. So I overhydrated and drank so much water, and my fluid level stayed at an eight. So then I went to a specialist, where they did those really cool three D ultrasound thing. Not well, not the three D. That's the wrong thing. That but the what was it? Where they can see. Oh, again, words. It was the more specialized ultrasound.
0: Thing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: where you can see. I know see what you
0: mean, but I, every- don't know what it's
1: called. <laughs> I forget what it's called. Where they can see everything, like they can measure exactly how big her head was, exactly you know all of these things. And when we did that, I was at about a ten, so still okay. on the lower end of fluid levels, but not, not bad, not horrible. So my doctor was like, "Okay, well, that's fine. We're just going to keep monitoring you. That's all that I think. Like that will make." Me feel better about how everything's going with your pregnancy. We're just gonna have you come in every week, and we'll just do an ultrasound. And as long as you stay above that six, super.
0: You know. And how did you feel about all this at the time? Um,
1: like I were was you
0: nervous. I was or? nervous. I yeah. had that
1: gut feeling, like, okay
0: something's off (laughs) yeah
1: like this wasn't just like a fluky moment like as I was hoping at the beginning of oh she just couldn't find the extra fluid pockets you know I was like "Mm, no it's a little more than that um but I didn't ever really feel like the red flag intuition go off of like something's seriously wrong and I need to be extra concerned about the well-being of myself and or the baby um yeah so every, every time I would go into my doctor, we would have conversations about what was normal, what was expected. Um, she was never, she was just really honest about this. She was like, I, I, I'm not comfortable with it being this low um, this early. That's usually a sign of, you know, the placenta not working at its full capacity anymore. And then, so there's the Western medicine sort of like kicking in, um mm-hmm. and that approach and I was like okay but there's no signs of distress in the baby and she's like yep no the baby's fine everything's fine there's no reason for us to do anything differently right now you seem like you're fine you're doing everything you need to be doing as far as eating and drinking a lot and all the things so nope that's fine um but she was still breech <laughs> oh she was breech yeah. okay. so it was the, I didn't realize that so she was still breech all third trimester so, and she never flipped Um, so she was breech and I had these really low fluids and the low fluids stayed consistent throughout the entire third trimester. So those two things were the reasons why I decided that I, I wanted to do the hospital birth in the first place. I really trusted my doctor a lot and I just had I don't know I again I just had that gut feeling that that was the right decision was that to go with my doctor on this one um, because every time I would go to the midwives they would sort of blow it off and tell me that it wasn't a big deal that my fluids were low and I didn't feel like I was falling into the fear-mongering from my doctor at all because I had such a and have such a good relationship with her and trusted her and did my own research and questioned her the right way that yeah that I wasn't being pushed into anything. It was still my decision. And I feel like that was the most important thing. Again, from all these books that I've read, it's like, you can have whatever birth you need to have as long as you feel like you're empowered by it. And I was like, okay, well, I still feel empowered. I don't feel
0: like anybody's like railroading me (laughs) into a corner here. Um, Yeah. And I do think, you know, you you've had the exposure to all sorts of different births too. So like, I'd imagine that you would know how to ask questions and that you can ask questions, which it obviously sounds like that's exactly where you are at. Yeah. And that's why when I went to
1: the midwives and I still like them, don't get me wrong. I still like, if I were in a different situation, I'd really try to, to go back and have a birth at that birthing center. uh, If it were in the cards, but every time, because it was just different enough, it wasn't, I was no longer, you know, low risk she was still breech and I had lower fluids that it just didn't feel right that I would be working with these women that just seemed to to treat it like it was still low risk and I was like well I know there's all there's there's all this research about breech babies being vaginally delivered and it's not a problem and most of the time it works out fine and there's plenty of time when oh don't get frustrated at your zebra (laughs) (laughs) that most of the time it works out um and there's time to get to the hospital if you need to but I didn't feel like that this was that situation because the additional low fluid um was changing it just enough for my comfort level and again first birth and my body as much as like I started out saying I I mean I'm still like my sister and I are very similar um for all of the, the genetic reasons, but it's still my body versus her body. So, yeah, that
0: that's just that. And this is a different baby than the ones that she's had. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard to compare. Like, you know, family can be a good indicator of things, but it's not always accurate. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I guess the interest, uh, the sort of aside from all of this was my, it was very emotional to sort of come to grips with all this because I was so determined, like almost in a a bullheaded, stubborn way that this was what I wanted was to have the home birth. And I'd been had, have a home birth, have a natural birth at the birthing center. um, That it was sort of being taken away from me out of my hands at some level, but I'm still consciously making these decisions and I felt like they were the right ones, but I was like, but wait, but wait, <laughs> this is yeah, this beautiful yeah. story that I wanted to have. And I've been thinking about for years and years and years and wanted to have this really intimate experience and just be empowered in that way that I've read about from so many women and their experiences. Um, it was interesting to be in still empowered in the decisions I was making, but also so disappointed <laughs>
0: Yeah. So
1: disappointed on so many levels, but just sticking with it. Cause you're the problem with that is that you have a timeline. Like you have to deal with these things
0: relatively quickly. You can't yeah. just. Yeah. You don't have endless time. <laughs> right.
1: You don't have endless time
0: to be like, but I really wish that it was going this way, even though I under,
1: Nope. You have like one week to feel that way and then you got to move on.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um,
1: so, I eventually stopped going to the midwives about halfway through the third trimester when I had made the decision that I was going to go with my doctor. I was like, thank you for all that you've done. Um, but I'm not going to be having the birth here anymore. And they kind of pushed back again, which was the, this was I guess the most frustrating part, which I guess is where my tone comes from when I've talked about it with them was that they tried to get me not to stay with my doctor and to go with their doctor that they work with. Um, because oh. they have to have the backup doctor for if anything goes wrong, that's you know, you know that they would transfer to a hospital for. And they yeah. basically went in and questioned my doctor that they don't have any experience with and just said, Oh, you should go with this guy instead if you're really gonna go this route. And
0: I was like, No, that's not what it's about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's mm-hmm. oh, but man. Again, they seem uh, to just miss the ball so hard, <laughs> so hard. And I, I know they didn't
1: mean to, but, uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So, as we got closer, like the last week, um, sorry, she's a little fussy right now. Um, that's okay. My doctor was, pre- she had so the baby hadn't turned at all. And she was, she was Frank Breach. So she was, and she had been Frank Breach probably since the middle of the second trimester. She had not moved, like in the same position for all of that time. Um, I could feel where she was. I could feel her little head right up top and her little high knee, you know, down on my right side mm-hmm. near my hip. Like she was in that position and she was not moving as much as I wanted her to move. And my doctor uh, was comfortable trying to do uh, trying to turn her but
0: she wasn't yeah, was that an option? That was an option and my
1: doctor was like absolutely let's that's part of the reason why we were monitoring my fluids so closely she was like they need to be at a certain level for me to feel comfortable trying to turn her but she's done it before a whole bunch of times and that was always a possibility because we started talking about the fact that she was breached before my fluids were low and she hadn't flipped just as like a oh yep hopefully she flips but if not it's not a big deal we'll be able to do our best to turn her um yeah
0: there's a lot of things you can do for like movement wise but then they do have that it's like kind of a procedure I forget what it's called but they like manually turn the right yeah and that's what she that was upside. yeah that's what she was gonna do and
1: I'd been doing all of the um what's it called what was that website the spinning spinning babies. babies yeah I'd been to spinning mm-hmm. babies I'd been like doing all of the positions been upside down on the couch watching tv and reading books and like all the things (laughs) for weeks (laughs) getting so much blood to my head and (laughs) and it wasn't doing anything um and I I don't know um if it was due to low the low fluid or if that was just a a side factor that made this all work out the way that it did um but I really truly think she she was stuck I know that might not be the correct medical term but she was like up there in a position. Um, so we ended up going with a C-section um, because she yeah. was both breech and my fluids were low and we did schedule it. So again, all of this was not <laughs> anything like what I was hoping for at all, but came to terms with it. And I was really, again, happy that I had such a good relationship with my doctor, really trusted her. And I knew that like, even at my last um, appointment, three days before the scheduled um, C-section, so I, that Monday's the sixth is when I went in in November. Um, that Friday before, we were, you know, doing the ultrasound just to check the fluids and also just see if she had flipped. Hopefully, and I again questioned her. I was like, okay, so when we did that last ultrasound at the hospital right before I go in, if she's flipped you're going to discharge me and I don't have to have the C-section. She's like, yeah, absolutely. Then we would just turn around and it would be when your body starts to go into labor and that's fine. And I was like, great. Okay. I'm totally on board with this. Mm -hmm. And we went in and we did the ultrasound and nope, (laughs) she was still in that position. So went in, had the C-section and during the C-section, it was (laughs) the one like, emotional moment was when I got the epidural in my back. Yeah. It hurt so much. And I was anticipating a little bit of pain, but like it hurt a lot. And it was the precipice of all of my emotions revolving around this. I felt so badly for this anesthesiologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I feels like I think I traumatized him more than most women because I like burst into tears like sobbing because a it hurts so much but b i was sitting in this medical room surrounded by strangers you know for the surgery all the the additional people that don't get me wrong she was great and making me feel fine Mm -hmm. but i was like this is everything that i dread on so many levels but it's all of the things leading up to this, I'm so good with and I'm still good with this end result and the decision and all of these things. It's just that empowering laboring process and like I wanted to deliver my own baby was not possible and so it was the disappointment yeah. bubbled up right at that moment so this poor anesthesiologist is giving me an epidural and I burst into tears and I'm not going to vocalize all of this complex emotion that I'm
0: <laughs> as he's numbing my of body course, yeah
1: so he just thinks that he's like maiming me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying so hard um but thankfully Barry was there um we had decided I just kind of an aside we had um, that he was going to sort of fill the role as a, as a doula would. Um, I felt really comfortable with him sort of. And I don't mean that in a, in a slight to, to doulas at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. But our relationship and how I felt like he was going to advocate for me as well as the baby, but really do a good job balancing and being an advocate for me Um and what I wanted was going to be fine. And he, he wanted to fill that role and he didn't want to have that role taken away from him is kind of how he felt. And I respect that. So he did an awesome job knowing exactly what was going through my mind at that moment without me saying anything and totally helped me get through all of those emotions quickly. Because again, timeline once that epidural is in, I'm going into surgery. Um, so, and
0: you didn't have like labor hadn't started, right? No, it was just okay. It was and that's probably why you felt the epidural so much.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing had. I woke up. I could have, I probably would have had another week at least, is my guess. Um, but I was, it was right at my due date time. And I didn't really push for a later date because that was not yeah. a battle that I wanted to fight when I had trust in my doctors. Yeah, exactly. I, I trusted my doctor so much to this point, And I knew that of all of the things I didn't want to pick a battle or pick a fight on something that I had, I felt was so small. In, at at that point in the labor, like what? Yes, one week can make a difference. And I understand all of that research. But it wasn't, it wasn't enough for me. At that point, since I was still going to have delayed cord cutting, I was still going to have all of these other things that it was fine. So I, I, I compromised on that level and I don't feel like that was, a. well, hi, Kitty. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, That took away from, from what I ultimately experienced and went through. And I didn't feel like it really took away my power and control of the situation, really, even though I guess at some level it did because. I wanted it to be – I wanted to go into labor, and I wasn't able to. Yeah. So I guess it's a mixed bag.
0: Um, But But it matters that you felt like you you were given all the options. I was.
1: Nobody belittled me. Nobody told me what was, like, needed to happen. Even when I was in the hospital, people (sighs) – Baylor was really awesome. I had my – I had her at Baylor in Dallas, and it's – an awesome facility. I think they, they just had the first baby that was born. Um, Oh, what was it? And in a, in a, I don't know. I forget. They just did something that was that had to do with babies that was cutting edge. I forget. Um, <laughs> it's not important anyway. Um, Baylor was awesome. Every single person that I worked with, from the ladies that, or from the nurses that checked me in and gave me my hospital gown and put me on an IV right away, they were all really, I don't know, they just they told me exactly what they were doing and why they were doing it, didn't treat me like I was just another number. Um I was comfortable the whole time with every single person. The anesthesiologist came in before. And introduced himself, talked to me about what he was going to do when we got into the room for surgery. Everybody was, it was just a very ideal environment for a medical facility and medical experience.
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: it was, again, not what I expected, not what I read about or read about, you know, for the medicalized side of things. I was totally empowered. Everybody treated me with respect. Like I knew what I was doing. They knew they had their jobs and it was to help get me through this. And that was how I was, the whole experience was. So again, sort of going back to her being stuck when I was in actual surgery. So I didn't do it. I had the option of like not having the curtain up, right. And seeing them.
0: Yeah. So that's what um, I, I've had a few clients that have had to have C-sections like, you know, knowing similar to you, like knowing beforehand, mm-hmm. not just like something that's happened. But um, and we talk about that and like the idea of gentle cesareans. And I didn't realize that that is what they say. That's what they like qualify a gentle cesarean as is if you have no curtain but to me that sounds kind of awful <laughs> yeah
1: I thought I mean, long I I and it, hard about it I, I was know. like I really <laughs> want to see her like coming out into this world like how cool would that be but I was also really not interested in watching my body being
0: cut open uh, yeah I think that's the thing that I mean <laughs> ooh, yeah I, it just it was I get it yeah but, like, also it seems like it could be very startling startling and stressful like it was already stressful
1: enough because was yeah be all of the emotional reasons I've just discussed <laughs> um
0: yeah.
1: that I was focused so hard on staying calm that if I had added just that extra piece in no matter how potentially cool it was going to be there was equal potential if not more that it would be like traumatizing <laughs> yeah
0: yeah totally
1: so I decided against it and went with the curtain up and Barry also was like, mm, yeah, I don't think like, I want to see you cut into thought about it, you know, yeah. <laughs> but no, it wasn't for us. Um, but yeah,
0: I, is- I've not had anyone actually opt for it, but um, I just think it's interesting that that's what they say is like the gentle cesarean. Cause I, I would think of it as more just like trying to create an environment that felt like, as relaxed as possible and like talking you through everything. That seems like a gentle approach. And that's what
1: my doctor did actually. And the hospital before my even, my doctor even showed up because I, I guess she showed up right as I was getting the epidural. Um, So I was in this room for probably five minutes before, five, 10 minutes before she showed up just sitting there with all these like people (laughs) around (laughs) getting stuff ready. And uh, they had music on uh, And in spite of the, like, really harsh lights, which there was no way around that, um, it was – they were doing a really good job just, like, talking to me and treating me like – talking to me in, like, that calming way. Not in a – and not in a patronizing way and not in anything like that. Just doing their best, given the environment and the nature of it, to make it calm. Like, there was fun music – fun calm music in the background that i could listen to throughout the whole thing and it was just it was good for a medical experience it was maybe i guess maybe i'm sugarcoating it because i was so expecting the worst cuz i'd read so many like
0: horror stories but, yeah. but they did a good job but uh, it's good for them to surprise you and to to surprise you in a good way absolutely yeah that's, I mean, I think that's the thing is that if you have a hospital birth or a need to like, to have an experience with these interventions, the reason are they're, they're there is because of that. And they're very good at doing those things and doing them right and efficiently. And it's amazing that we have them. Exactly. And there should be like a lot less shame around that as well. Oh, we we'll talked more about mama shame, but. <laughs> oh, like, gosh. No, no shame in the birth that you have because yeah they're, it's there for a reason and if you are leaving feeling empowered like that's the biggest that's the most important thing in this whole process and I totally was
1: and I guess the the confirmation that I made the right decision and maybe again this whole she was stuck thing is in my head but when I was laying there and they were pulling her out like I'm completely numb from my like I can feel pulls and tugs but like pain wise there's no pain right yeah um, they were, my whole body was shaking and my doctor has done this many times before and I talked she was right there and she we talked about it after after the fact she, was, she really had to pull her out like her head was like wedged into my body um, which maybe I'm I'm grasping for something but if that's the case no, I no. I'm I, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Because I really think that it was confirmation that if I had done a natural birth for this birth and for this baby, I don't think it would have ended well in a natural, in a birthing center or at home. I think I would have ended up being transferred to a hospital and then it would have been one of those out of control experiences where it was then a medical emergency and with strangers and not with my doctor. And
0: yeah, and in that case, I think you would leave feeling so differently. Because exactly. you just, like, wouldn't have had the chance to, to make it empowering for yourself and to, like, come to terms with all the choices and to even have choices. At that point, it wouldn't be a choice. It would just be, this is what's happening. And they probably would have to do it so quickly that you wouldn't have had, like, the possibility of things being explained and all of that. And so, really, it's like a blessing in disguise. It's exactly right. That's exactly how I felt. Everything
1: was meant to be this way. Had we gone, if I had been more stubborn or been in a different situation where I just sort of spearheaded and was stubborn and made this decision to go with natural birth and that was that, it would have backfired on so many levels. And who knows, the worst can always happen in that situation. This way, it was safe. We both ended up being healthy and coming out of it just fine. Like, my recovery time was so quick. I was only in the hospital, so I had the baby on Monday, Monday night, Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night, and I was discharged on Thursday, which is short for a C-section. Usually, it's, that's about, um, what, it was two days, two whole days? Yeah. Yeah, and that's normal for a natural labor in a hospital setting. Yeah, yeah. So again, I had a really ideal experience and the hospital room that we were in was quiet and hours and they didn't check on me like every hour. Like that's good. Like they, like you read about so many hospitals doing they, I mean, they checked on me every, I want to say every three or four hours, but to give me and to make sure my pain to manage my pain medication and things like that, but it was never invasive they, like, we left the lights off in our room 90% of the time. And I just got to like be in bed, um, with the baby. I was yeah. able to eat cause I, my like stomach kicked back in that same first day. Like I passed gas, which I guess is the test to make sure your system's up and running after all the yeah. medication mm-hmm. by eight thirty, And so I was able to, and I delivered the baby around one o'clock just before one in the afternoon. Um, So by eight o'clock, I was eating real food. Um, Amazing. It was just as far as (laughs) how it all went down, I was really lucky. And I think a lot of it was, I give a lot of credit to this hospital of all the hospitals in Dallas. This was the one that I wanted to be at if I had to be at one. And it was a Forty-five minute to an hour drive from our house, but oh wow, yeah, it was the fur probably the furthest one from our house in the metroplex. Like we're up if you look at a map, we're in Highland Village in Lewisville area, which is closer to Denton, Texas, where UNT is, and Mm -hmm. the hospital's on the south. So we're northwest of Dallas, and this hospital's on the southeast side of Dallas, and it was worth it because this was the best hospital with approach. Like, there, there are birthing tubs at this hospital, had I... That's so great. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of options. And she's... My doctor yeah. is affiliated with this hospital, which I didn't even know when I picked her. Like, I, I knew she was affiliated, but I didn't know how senior she was. She's mm-hmm. not... Oh, she's not, like, a director, but she's an assistant, like, professor, director... I don't remember exactly the title... Um, so she's one of the senior most people at the hospital, because which makes sense why she had to shut down her birthing center because she's there all the time teaching. Like she takes on all of the residents, a lot of the residents and uh, medical students that are coming through. So that that was awesome. How yeah, that was like, that was like an after the fact thing that I learned about. And she was already just so great. So I don't know. I had I really liked how everything happened in spite of the fact of it not being anything like I originally planned for
0: you know that's the thing though about birth Mm -hmm. (laughs) it seems and like most people I talk to even ones who, who do end up like with the natural birth that they had wanted but it's always like it was not what I planned it was not what I expected I think birth just kind of like throws and it's like, okay, you're gonna do things differently because so you have to turn your life upside down <laughs> Oh, is, yeah you know, it's it's like the biggest challenge to to who you are because you're getting ready to like be a parent and yeah
1: yeah it and I think that goes into play with the fact that I mean you're so concerned about your own body and your own experience um, and going through this crazy thing that our bodies can do that's amazing but at the same time, you're also so concerned about another being that's yeah. within you and is separate from you, and separate from that personal experience because what they're experiencing is so different,
0: right? Uh, it's just yeah, so that's interesting. Such a lesson for like moving forward because you never really had to care about anybody else. Oh yeah, and now you 100% do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Um, what was your postpartum care like in the hospital after? So
1: it was, they offered so much to me. They offered, they had a, um.
0: Love to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> it was,
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm not one to, to jump on the bandwagon of Western medicine, but as far if you're in this position, man, it, I had an awesome time. They offered me everything from, um. They had this wonderful uh, on-site pediatrician that was checking the baby and talking through everything. They checked the baby in the room. She was always in the room with me. They never pulled her away. So amazing. From, so from the time she was born, they did delayed um, cord cutting, and then they gave her. They brought her right to my chest while they were finishing. You know the That's other awesome. Yeah. So I was holding her within. I don't know. Maybe maybe a minute of her being born. See? Um,
0: yeah, you got to do skin to skin.
1: That's skin, so to skin Immediately, and Barry was right there next to me, and so he's got his hand on her back, and she was on my chest, skin to skin. <laughs> I had he had to swoop her away for about mm, fifteen seconds when I puked because my medicine was too high at one point, and I was like, I don't want to puke on the baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so save her really quick, um, and then she came right back. Um, awesome, I love to hear nursing that. within probably. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, that timing that you want. Um, I never had issues with the latch. I never had issues with how to hold her. Um, They offered me a nursing consultant. They even had somebody check in on me after I had said, no, I'm good for the first two days. They were like, just, I think they were probably like, just go and see her because why wouldn't she take this as an opportunity? (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's so great. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues in New York is that the postpartum care after birth is, like, pretty despicable from what I understand. And there's just, like, not enough lactation consultants or IBCLCs. And, um, yeah, they just, like, can't really offer the amount of support that's needed. So for them to, like, follow up with you and be like, no, 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 really. Like, right. <laughs> that's
1: yeah, so amazing. It's like, okay, I'm ready to, like, leave and go home because part of that, I think, comes from what I wanted originally. I was like, okay, I'm good. My recovery is good. Like, the sooner I can get home, the sooner I can then foster that, like, home environment with my baby in our room. You know, do all of those things for the postpartum that I really wanted and prioritize, which is part of the beauty of having a home birth. Um, yeah. And, you know, get, get as much. I wanted to maximize that as much as I could. Um, so I was on the other side, like, great. Thanks for all your offers. Like, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> look at me. I can walk down the hall <laughs> on day one. Like, and they're like, no, no, get back in bed. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be a superhero. I'm like, I'm not, I'm just like ready to do this. And they're like, yeah, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, <laughs> like we'll support you again. They were really good. My doctor was like, yeah, I mean, if you're good on day two, I'll discharge you. Um, That's fine. Um, But they were fully prepared to keep me for up to five days and could have been in our own private room for up to five days with the same level of care. Like they were really good. They had the hearing specialist come in and explain exactly what they were going to do when they did the hearing test on the baby. Um, And one of the hearing specialists happened to be a deaf woman and she was the one that was the primary person testing the baby's hearing. Like it was just really cool little nuanced things that I was like, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: So cool. Um, The pediatrician was really good about, testing her hip, because I guess it's pretty C-section for them to have a loose hip. Um, I forget the medical term huh. for all of these I things. Know that. yep. Um, and we're really lucky, again, I'm lucky being in a metropolitan area, Scottish Rite is here, and they specialize in um, joints and hips, so to be loose, they called it, and so they wrote us a prescription to go and get her hip checked out at Scottish Rite a week and a half later. Um, It was it just really for the medical experience. Like they were doing all, crossing all of their T's and dotting all their I's for what they needed to do. um, But also not forcing anything. Like they made it not feel forced, which is what you want. That's great. Yeah. So it was wonderful. They let me go when I wanted to go after two days. Um, they left the baby with me the whole time. They didn't give me shit for holding her on my chest in the middle of the night. And that's how we slept for the first three days was like, we tucked her in and this really interesting, like I was sort of like leaning back in the bed, not mm-hmm. totally reclined, but reclining and like she was on my chest and then Barry would like I don't know basically without a a (laughs) wrap but wrapped her in so that she was secure and safe and I didn't feel like she was gonna go anywhere but she was with me for all of that time like very few moments was she ever set down in the first and at any of the time in the hospital except for if I was like going in the bathroom taking a shower or eating and even then Barry was right there and he stayed with me the whole time
0: and they let him stay yep That's awesome, too. Yeah. And even that
1: first night, we let Kate Morgan um, stay in the room with us that first night in the hospital. That's great. So, So it was like the whole family was there. So it was as much as we could do.
0: And they had no issue with it. That sounds great. So everyone should go to Baylor if you need to go to the hospital. (laughs) That's exactly
1: They did an amazing job, Baylor. Yeah, I feel like I could do a commercial for them. Do you want a medicalized birthing experience that's empowering? Please go to Baylor.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I'm really I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I think we can easily like get into a hole of being like, Oh, all the hospitals are bad and some are, but so many aren't. Yeah. And as we can see, some midwife practices are not great. So it's
1: tricky. Yeah, it was it's... it was also really tricky, I guess sort of an aside it's sort of in that vein of of what to expect. I was really self-conscious about talking about my birth decisions with my sister out of fear of being judged. Not because I don't, like, I think my sister would mean to, or even did judge me for any of my decisions, but it's, she was the person that I guess all of my fear of judgment from people that are on the the natural birthing side of, you know, in the natural birthing camp, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, all of that potential judgment, And any of that emotionally, I so put my fear around my sister, because she was the one that got to have that experience. Yeah, you know, so every time I would talk to her leading up to the birth, it was like, Oh, yep, I'm just deciding to do this. And I would always talk about it in such an extreme. I found myself like, this has to happen, like, (laughs) yeah, without making it, you know, a decision for me, I always made it re- I was really conscious that I was making it clear that I was making this decision, but it had to be this way just to try and like nip everything in the bud about, you know, any questioning of these decisions that were being made because I didn't want to be somehow this lesser mom
0: making some, you know, typical yeah. decision. I, I don't know. Definitely, you know, I, t- I totally understand. Um, but of course, you know. It does not make you a lesser mom. Oh, I know. But, yeah, that is – it's It's just that uh, taking on, like, the judgment. That even if it's not happening, it's just, like, expecting there to be judgment and, uh, like, judging yourself and, like, thinking that people will shame you or they maybe they do as well. But, yeah, I, I totally get it. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, but the – I don't know how much time you have, Kaylee, but I can keep talking about. Oh the, yeah, the flip I'm, side. I'm of... good. <laughs> okay. I'm ready for
0: talking. Okay. Yeah. So now, and now you're a parent. So, so how's that fun? Oh,
1: it's awesome. Speaking of, she just woke up, so I'm gonna give her a little snack. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Yeah, how's,
0: how's breastfeeding been?
1: Um. Oh, so, as much as I had, you know, sort of, I guess we can say all the like hiccups in the. The birth, like the the pregnancy part that led to that, the birthing decisions that we made. Um. My everything postpartum has been so natural, feeling and easy. Um, Good. That's yeah. Great. Um, I have not even experienced chap nipples, and I've been breastfeeding since thirty minutes since she was born.
0: Like I. That's impressive. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I. What are you doing for that? <laughs> Nothing. Share that's, your secret. That's
1: the <laughs> crazy part. Even my mom and my sister are like, "Oh, well, it's gonna hurt." You know, without my mom, definitely tried to like do the fear thing because she likes reactions. But <laughs> my sister did it. <laughs> did it with good intentions of like, "Yeah, it may hurt a little bit, but you're gonna be fine." Like it, if, if it does, it'll go away. You're fine. Like you know, as best you can to just yeah, kindly prepare somebody. Um, but I didn't have any problems nothing I like she chomped down once early on and gave me a bruise on accident but other than that like actual breastfeeding has been so easy like I have put nipple butter like you know like a nipple ointment on maybe twice for fun but like (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like I felt like those two times I was like well maybe I should just do this (laughs) (laughs) but I have not needed it so I don't know what I did or what my skin is does differently but her spit does not give me chap nipples (laughs) um I guess the first week home I did get a a clogged duct in one of my breasts yeah um I could feel it I was like oh it's so uncomfortable uh um It was like a super achy, lump, bruised thing inside. That's the only way I could describe the feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And did what everybody tells you to do, you know, warmed it up in the shower and in the bath a bunch and just massaged it out. And within 48 hours, it was fine. But that's great. But yeah, that was the only, that was it. So otherwise, I've been really lucky. She's been breastfed. Solely for the last five months, still going strong. Um, We'll go amazing until six months, and then we'll start introducing food slowly. And I'm my plan on continuing breastfeeding simultaneously, but yeah, she's chunky and she regained. You know how they lose their a little bit of weight right after they were born, and they bounce back within a a couple weeks to their birth weight. She was back up to her birth weight or above her birth weight within. Under a week, she's
0: like that's she, amazing. Yeah, I that don't can know. be really hard for some some babies. Yeah, so that's great.
1: She's healthy, happy. The kind of some of the interesting things I'll send you. A, I don't know if you've seen the picture. I guess I post a, a million. So you. Oh, I have. do. And
0: she's so so cute.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she had, but you saw that she probably has, uh, or she has the angel's kisses on her eyes. The little yeah. yep, and then she has one of the strawberries on her forehead so she didn't she wasn't born with the strawberry um Interesting. she didn't she did not have it um on her forehead for the first two weeks and so, uh, didn't show up until about the 17th of November she was born on the 6th so two weeks in she we saw that did she hit her head like did anybody like drop her <laughs> We were like what happened <laughs> um, <laughs> but it just turned into the little strawberry and I did all this research on it. And, uh, you know, two months in, my mom had already come and visited her and seen it and was just blew it off. But two months in, she finally was like, Oh yeah, you had one of those when you were a baby <laughs> and it was right on your eye. <laughs> and I was like, Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they, they don't know what exactly their cause from, but, um, it's like 2% of so- babies have them. And it's more common in white female babies. And so that's it. Yeah, it's just like overactive blood cells or blood vessels that get excited. And they go away by the age of five, usually. Um, but hmm. if not, like, they don't hurt them. Like, I can run my finger over it and she doesn't even know what's going on. It just feels like her forehead. Um yeah. But if not, it's easily, like, laser removed. So... We're not obviously rushing to do that to a baby. <laughs> we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but might take care if, if it doesn't fade naturally on its own, which I anticipate it will. We probably will get it removed for bullying reasons, you know, yeah. <laughs> just before yeah. she goes to school. But it doesn't hurt her. And other than those kind of things, which we took a picture of her and Photoshopped it out for a second just to see. And Kate Morgan and Barry and I were like, no, that's not her. We like it yeah. on her now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's just part of her. Um, and we love it. But she's healthy, happy. She – yeah. She
0: does everything. That's so great.
1: She's a really happy baby. She's giggly and relaxed and feeds on demand. We don't even have a schedule.
0: Um, awesome.
1: Again, we're really lucky. She, she kind of rules, which – I feel like she should, being a new
0: little being in the world. She can get what she wants (laughs) right now. Yeah, totally. And that's, (laughs) I mean, the best way for you to have some sanity as well is if she just rules and you get to go with it. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's really easy. I'm not forcing anything on her. Um, It's wonderful. And she co sleeps with us. Um, We found this kind of awesome product that has all sorts of warnings, as all baby products do, about, you know, Asphyxiation and horrible things that can happen to infants, but we have not experienced that. We love this product. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a Snuggle Me, and it's this cool little like it's, it's kind of like a boppy, but it's like a long boppy. Yeah. Um, and she sleeps right on it at the corner of our bed, and we kind of like block her in, and she doesn't roll around, and it snuggles her up like it's kind of it's awesome. People should look into it. Kind of like it's like a pillow that shapes around her little shoulders. Yeah. And makes it so that she can't roll and, you know, suffocate herself and it snuggles her like um a swaddle would in a way.
0: Oh, amazing. It, yeah, I'll I'll put that in the show notes so that people can look for it. There's so many different like tools and stuff out there. It's always good to get some reviews.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It's worked out great. She loves it. Um And, like, we like the Boppy products a lot. And there's, like, the little, like, laying upon pillow one that she loves to, like, lounge on when we're all just hanging out. But this one, when she actually wants, like, when she lays down, props her feet up the right way so that she's still flat and that her feet aren't dangling. And it's just more comfortable looking. (laughs) (laughs) And she likes it. And she sleeps great. And she has since the very beginning. It was like a random product that I looked for at the beginning because swaddling sort of worked, but not throughout the whole night. And then her startle reflex kept waking her up and just did a little bit of research and found it. And it's made of organic cotton and it's really good, like quality product, also. And it just worked for us. So awesome. Highly recommend it. But yeah, no, it's the other cool thing is. Kate Morgan, Barry's yes. daughter, is 11. you stepmom. <laughs> yeah, I'm a stepmom, too. So, And I was a stepmom before I was a mom, and it all started when I was pregnant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kate Morgan's been awesome. So she will give you a little bit of her backstory. Um, and I, I'll sort of get the, I don't know, in case she ever decides to listen to this, I want to sort of be respectful of her privacy. Um she had kind of a a rough time with her mom um, and they aren't necessarily the closest mother daughter relationship. And they only see each other once every other week um, for a couple of hours supervised just due to circumstances and how that played itself out. So Mm -hmm. she hasn't really had a mom figure in her life really for the last four or five years. And when she did have her, from what I've been told, it was not the most nurturing type relationship, which every mother and daughter relationship is different, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it just wasn't the typical nurturing, um, open, and communicative relationship, from what I could tell, um, and what's been told to me. So since I've been in the picture, um, I've filled a lot of those those gaps, um, yeah. for what she really wanted and needed in her life. And I'm really lucky that she trusts me and she talks to me about everything. Um, she asks me all sorts of questions about her body. And it was really cool to be pregnant when this relationship was really starting to form as a mother-daughter relationship because A, it was my first pregnancy. So I'm going through all of these cool body changes and feelings and being so tired all the time Um, and all sorts of things that are new for me while she's there talking to me asking me questions she was not shy she'd be like but what what's this like what's that like um your your boobs have gotten bigger when did that happen did that hurt like did it was it just like overnight like ask me all sorts of intimate questions and it Mm-hmm. really was the foundation for our, our, a really good relationship with her because I was very matter of fact like you would I don't know want somebody to be with you when you're asking questions at the age of 11 you don't want somebody to sugarcoat it you are curious your body's changing you're becoming a teenager you're going through all of these horrible changes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Where you're not comfortable with your in your own skin so it's kind of probably a relief at some level to see some other other person going through all these physical changes that they're not comfortable with or is new for them too. And that you potentially will go through at some point in your you know, distant future. Um, so it's been really good. She will still ask me lots of questions about, I don't know, everything. For example, the other day we were turning into our neighborhood, coming home from somewhere and it's you know one minute we're talking about soccer practice and then somehow something comes up and she finds it funny cuz she's a 6th grader at middle school and then she's asking me about oh what's masturbation and what is that and how can we <laughs> and i'm like okay wow yep we're going to have this conversation but how do we get here from two seconds ago and how much information can we cover in the three minutes from turning into our neighborhood to pulling in the garage is amazing Um.
0: (laughs) that's great yeah I mean that's been one thing that I'm talking about as much as I can is like what was your sex ed like and I didn't have any in school and I I think like a lot of people didn't so it's it's cool to be able to like really change that hands-on
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what her
0: her experience has been
1: like. I've asked her, I'm like, so didn't you go over some of these things in your fifth grade class that they force fifth graders to take when they're talking about, you know, periods and just the the general body changes that teenagers are about to go through? Um, And they didn't cover anything. So she's asked me all sorts of questions. I feel like I've definitely covered... And we'll continue to cover the sex ed department
0: Um,
1: and in an honest way with her. And I think it's only made her more comfortable talking to me. It's only made her more comfortable asking me questions. And then on the other side of the coin, having her here now with her little sister has been super helpful. Um, Like she's from day one, she's wanted to change diapers. (laughs) That's (laughs) awesome. Which is great. (laughs) Yeah. Like. Of course, I'm going to say yes, I will change my fair share. And if you want to change a couple a day, please. That's great. Um, and she's at the perfect age where she's excited and interested in all of it. Um, and it's totally her baby in a way, yeah. uh, as well as, you know, it's just it's the family's baby. And she loves it and asks all the right questions. She's curious about how she's curious about breastfeeding. I'm really open in the house about it. I don't, I just frankly whip out a boob and the whole family gets to see.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's the As you, Yeah. That's what, and that's what it should be. It's like, it's so much better to not like hide these things from her. Cause then she's going to grow up and feel like way more comfortable in her own body. And exactly. And, yeah.
1: So it's that's been amazing. Totally open. Like her biggest complaint is that she wasn't able to go into the room during the c-section like she's like i wish i was there i wanted to see it i wanted to be a part of it because again the original plan was to do the birthing center and she i was totally gonna let her in the room um not necessarily for my own comfort she's not like no offense to her she was not on my short list of like
0: people that (laughs) i would personally not a doula
1: (laughs) yeah that I, i would make me the most relaxed in that setting but i thought it was it was going to be really important for her to be a part yeah. of that experience for the family to be a part of that experience for her to then see just all of it. So she's been a part of this change and growth the entire time. She is her. The first thing she does when she gets home is asks how her naps were all day, you know, like little things like that. Where <laughs> That's she's, so cute. Yeah. She's just totally engaged with it. In a a deeper way than I think she realizes. Yeah. Like she's learning every day about decisions that she's going to have to make. And it's just really cool to see. And it's wonderful to have these conversations with her. Because she will ask deep questions about why we're letting her have her own schedule. Versus enforcing a schedule. Things like that that she doesn't even realize how powerful the questions are that she's asking and getting answers for. Um, and she probably won't until later on in life where she'll yeah, be when like,
0: she realizes like, Oh, that's not what everybody did. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and but how,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like she wasn't breastfed when she was a baby and she, she's like, that that's amazing. Wait, your body does what for her about just, just antibodies? Cause she had RSV when she was really little and she's <laughs> She's latched on to the fact that that's why she got it was because she wasn't breastfed. And I'm like, no,
0: it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> don't, don't hold that again. That's an interesting theory. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> you don't draw all of these conclusions quite
0: yet. I mean, you're a
1: smart 11-year-old, but you're 11. <laughs> um, that's
0: way more than I was thinking about when I was 11. <laughs> I mean,
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: so... But she's really engaged with it, which is and
1: I think, again, going through all of these changes and with my body and her seeing me like huge and pregnant and uncomfortable, and then how I've bounced back and what postpartum's been like, and how i've t- I mean I've talked to her about not having chap nipples and how that's really not common, and yeah, and little things like that that i w- I'll, I really will be curious. To have these conversations again with her when it's her turn, if she chooses to have kids,
0: um, yeah, and no, see how much to she see, remembers. Like, yeah, 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 and if yeah, I'm sure she will. You know, yeah. Uh, well, or, and and probably will just like approach it in a way that's not like, oh, this is alternative, but like this is just how it is, right. You know? Right. and it'll be Which is re- important, like normalizing these things. Exactly.
1: Right. Especially the breastfeeding. Like I breastfeed in public all of the time. Like, because again, it's on demand when she's hungry, she's hungry. And if we're in the, you know, out and about, I'm going to feed her. And yeah, I do cover up. I have one of the milk snob things and I do cover mm-hmm. up most of the time where I have the latched mama shirts that do a good job making it discreet, but I mean, I'm not. I don't go to a different room. I don't excuse myself to go and breastfeed like in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm, not once have I ever done that. I think. Well, we went to Disneyland for her spring break for a day, and they have, I guess, <laughs> this special nursing room in Disneyland, and she was really curious to go check it out. And I was like, "All right, let's go check out this Disneyland <laughs> baby room." and I mean, I'm glad that they have it. I think it's really cool that they do. But
0: um, that's weird. <laughs> but it
1: – well, and it was, like, the size of – I don't know. It was like probably, yeah, like a cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really small. And for all of this, the – and I know Disneyland is smaller than Disney World and real estate and blah, blah, blah is expensive. All, but I don't know. They could have done such a better job being Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it was a totally. tiny room and it was so cliché. It was painted like horrible pastel pink and not like a pretty pastel pink, like a a dated 20s pink that was almost orangey yellow like faded. And oh, weird. And it just it was it just gave me this feeling of like the old pictures of medicalized hospital rooms you know what I mean that are like yeah to yeah, so cozy for moms yeah, and it's but like, are like so sterile and it's yeah and it, it was so weird and like it was uh, they had a really nice changing room which I liked the changing room. but again it was like the s- size of like a handicapped bathroom stall for three changing tables um and that's crazy yeah it was a very tiny space and then they had this little like large changing room, like a a changing room at target, you know, like the, the ones that are the family size, maybe put two of those or three, two and a half of those together. And that was the space for four nice, comfortable chairs to sit in like little rocking, like cushioned chairs. But that was it. And it was very cramped and everything was not facing one another. So it was not community building. It was, like, a line, and so you had your privacy, and you sat in your chair, and if anybody else was nursing, you looked, like, straight ahead or at your baby, and then that was the expectation, and I was, like,
0: oh, that sounds so bad. It was just so weird, and I was, like, come on, Disney. Like,
1: you have all of the potential. This could have been, like, a, basically, like, a ride Or experience for moms that are going with their kid, you
0: know. Like if you're gonna try to sequester breastfeeding to a room, at least make it nice. Yeah, (laughs) and you're Disney, like make it full of princess shit, or you know, like yeah, like have princess brunch happening at the same time.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Pass out mom mimosas or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. Something like even just like raspberry leaf tea. How would that? Yeah. That would be amazing, and then you do like an Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland tea theme. Like, I don't know. There's just so That'd much great. P- so much potential, and it was
0: so poorly executed. <laughs> but oh, I'm glad to hear about that, though. I didn't know that that existed, and I'm very curious what what their yeah. thinking was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought seriously about writing a review, being like, ah. No. I know. I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to write them a letter and be like, Hey, get get your shit together.
1: Yeah. And let's it was do like, an
0: Allison yeah, the yeah, two tea just, party.
1: Something <laughs> more fun. And I mean, and the way that they had it for you to like change your baby, you had to wait in this tiny little area, um, like vestibule area, like entrance into the room in a line, but the little area literally fit like a bench. And so there were like six of us standing holding our kids with a dirty diaper waiting while these two women directed us in and out of this tiny little space. And it was just why, again, it's Disneyland. How many people do you think are coming? There, it's a huge crowd. Yeah. There's going to be. That's crazy. Even if you're not nursing, like the nursing size maybe would be okay, but still that's only four nursing chairs for an entire population of how many tickets are sold a day, you know? Yeah, right. that. People are still going to change their kids' diapers. I don't know. It was just very unimpressive. <laughs> that was a yeah, random that's... aside.
0: <laughs> no, but... that's just... I, I don't know. It's It kind of is telling about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so, I guess, back to Kate Morgan, it was kind of... I'm glad that she got to see it. I mean, she still thought it was cool because it was its own special space to be yeah. in. Which... There's something to be said for that, I guess, is that, yeah, it's still a special room that they've at least taken time to create rather than every man for themselves, for the people that aren't comfortable doing it in public. Right, which is many. That's true. Yeah, I'm just not one of them. I breast better while we were watching the fireworks. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> everybody walks by and, yep, that's fine. Um, but some people are really... Do you ever get,
0: like, flack for it? I have
1: not gotten flack for good. it. Um That's great. Not once. I've gotten some like awkward looks where people are like surprised that I'm doing it but I nothing that has thrown me off. Um or and nothing like nothing shaming. I've never experienced any shaming around it. Um I I guess cuz I <laughs> When I'm so comfortable with it and I and I don't know, maybe I think because I'm so comfortable with it and I just, just do it while I'm also maintaining whatever conversation I'm having. Or if I need to take a break, I'm like, hold on just one second. I just have to adjust and do whatever to get comfortable um, and then jump right back in. People aren't usually phased by it. They usually roll with me on it. Some people... Are a little like embarrassed on their own level by it. Usually men
0: I've experienced yeah, are, are more they just, like just like can't handle women having breasts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for any other reason. Yeah. If there's, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, um but but even then they're like it's just a moment of their own awkwardness. It doesn't phase me. I'm like, I'm still standing here. So that's what this is gonna this is how it's gonna be. And if you really need to excuse yourself, <laughs> go for it. But or you need to look at the ceiling rather than at my eyes, for whatever reason, go for it. It's not like yeah. I'm not covered in this tent. Well, so you can't see anything. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, it's I've been fine with it. I haven't had any issues. Good. And Kate Morgan's comfortable with it. Um, um she's this may be a little, you know, controversial but whatever. Um, I, so I give the baby baths and I, obviously I, maybe not obviously I get naked when I do it because it's so much easier to also just be in the tub with her at this point.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and Kate Morgan wants so desperately to be a part of all of these things that I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. You get to be in the room with me. We did one where we both wore bathing suits just so that she could really feel a part of it. But you know, i for practical reasons, I'm not going to do that every single time. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to get naked and give the baby a bath, but she wants to be a part of it so much. I'm like, fine. As long as you're comfortable seeing me naked and being in the room with me and the baby, I would love for you to help. And she is, she jumped right in and just dealt with her own anxiety around another woman's naked body and doesn't have any issue with it. And is perfectly comfortable. We've done it five or six times in the last, you know, two months where she's come in and just been right outside the tub and has the warm towel and helps me wash her sister's hair and again all of these little things I feel I I see I the think impact that's so
0: great. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's anything wrong with that whatsoever like it's so good for her to see somebody like being comfortable in their body.
1: Yeah. She's she re- references so much that her friends don't have Like their parents don't let them do this. They don't talk about anything. Um, I mean, I didn't really talk to my parents much about anything that would have been helpful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Somehow we still made it out. Okay. And figured it out, but yeah, but I, I mean, I love that she can come home from school and say, well, this was brought up and this is, or this is the joke going around. Um, or being silly and reading a- so yeah this was one of the conversations that came up so we're building a garden I'm building a raised bed garden in our backyard right now um, amazing yeah hopefully it'll work out who knows in the Texas heat but I'm gonna do my damnedest to have a green thumb
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so she read the plant word she read annual and she read it at- <laughs> the first time she read it and she was like Haha, anal plants <laughs> And I was like, You're a funny sixth grader <laughs> And then so she was she was laughing about it and then days later she was she was like, Wasn't that funny when I read Anal? And I was like, Yes, yeah. she was like, So what is that anyway? Like in her coy way of
0: asking me a real question and being really
1: like actually curious and thinking
0: she's like super slick though by being like this is this roundabout way I remember doing that as a child oh yeah you
1: think you're the best at all of you're stealthy and we're really good at getting away with things like no you're not but good try we'll (laughs) still answer the question so things like that she and she's basically straight up asked me what's anal and why is that a funny thing that's like an awkward joke that's being said at school and in sixth grade. And is, it I know it's inappropriate, but I'm able to like talk to you about it. Right. Like all. Yeah. It, so it's, I just love it. I think it's really important for her, especially not having, I guess we've talked about her period story a few times where like she was so embarrassed and didn't have anybody to talk to except for her grandmother. Really? And she just hid it from everybody for days because it was before I was in her life Um, because she didn't feel comfortable. And now we, like, talked about tampons for a whole weekend. Barry had uh, went out of town for a weekend um, with his mother uh, for a family visit. And it was great. Kate Morgan and I got to hang out. And she was like, great, dad's not home. We can talk about tampons and my period and all sorts of things that – I don't want him to ever hear me talk about cause he's my dad. <laughs> and we discussed them and what it's like and got a box and played with them. And I told her that I would help her with it the first time she wanted to try it. And we've tried it and she's still not a hundred percent on board with it, but likes the idea of it. And it's just all those normal, it's just very normal. Do you know what I mean? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, she's just, comfortable with it and comfortable with it being weird and not working out just perfectly the first time but she's willing to try again and I'm like great if that's what you want to do we'll figure it out and keep doing this together so this stepmom thing I guess is has been this whole other empowering experience for me
0: to jump it Sounds in. like it. It's amazing. But my life
1: has changed quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Since I saw you last, I'm a stepmom of an 11 year old, <laughs> technically a 20 year old, and an 18 year old, also. Yeah. <laughs> I'm closer in <laughs> age to those, those than my own husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been really, it's just every day I feel like I'm, it's a different type of rewarding experience parenting. Like I don't feel like I'm at my max with adult conversations all the time except for every night with Barry, which he's awesome. He's like our relationship is the thing that keeps me, you know, grounded as I think it should. It makes us both our best. Um and it's so good. It's so good. I love him so much. Um and I feel like I'm, I'm really helping, like, I, I, I kind of like how, how, what Lauren referenced in her first one. I'm a, a mother of an infant, so my job right now is to keep her alive and make sure she yeah. doesn't have a dirty diaper. And she's got a little personality, and she's totally, like, we like to call it her, like, her lights turned on when she's, like, more aware and not so much of that, like, itty-bitty baby blob yeah. phase. Yeah. Um, In February, like around Valentine's Day. So she's totally engaged with us in here, but it's still very different than parenting an 11-year-old, whereas parenting this 11-year-old, oh, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. She pushes every button that she can. and I'm sure. (laughs) And is (laughs) lazy all the time and doesn't want to clean her room and all these typical kid things. (laughs) Um, But... I see in how she interacts with me how she will then hopefully interact with the world as she gets older and becomes an independent adult. And that's what I see as the rewarding side of parenting.
0: Yeah. That's such a cool impact to have.
1: Yeah. It's really neat and totally awesome. And I'm loving life, even though it's hard and different. I don't know. Parenting is its own amazing thing.
0: I'm so happy for you. That's so great. Thanks. Yeah. I'm happy for me too. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) You should
1: be. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing that I would touch on as far as my needs that aren't like, I don't feel are being met is that I haven't really found that community. Again, I, I didn't finish listening to your first episode or your second episode with Lauren, but how she said she didn't even realize how alone she was for parts yeah. of it, like during her pregnancy when she, until she found the yoga group or um, right when she got back from New Zealand and joining that mom group. That's something that I'm actively searching for and have been for the last probably month or so. I haven't felt alone necessarily because necessarily, I'm a too busy to feel alone. And I have um, Barry here and Kate Morgan takes up a lot of my time and she's on the soccer team and I have um, Barry's parents right around the corner, 10, 15 minutes away. And my dad. So I, and I'm still engaged with work and um, Barry's brother's a huge part of our life and comes over and is one of our best friends. I don't have any other sort of women or or mothers that are my age or that yeah. have kids at either age. Like, I haven't really gotten close to any of Kate Morgan's friends' moms yet um, or anybody on the soccer team, you know, those moms yet just because it's a new team for her and the season's only been happening for a little bit. And I guess that would be the one thing that I – totally agree with Lauren on that is important that I have yet to find and really do feel that absence and and desire for that community
0: yeah I think it's really hard to get that yeah And, and it's frustrating how hard that is and I think that's you know parenting aside it's just sometimes it's really hard to be a person in the world and to make connections and I was just about
1: to say that like it's it's so easy for us to make friends when we have the structure of school even through college or right or different lines of work like it was much easier to make friends in a social environment at high horse right
0: because it's built around that but once you step out of those things it's it's really hard (laughs) Yeah, life can be like pretty isolating and and you can have like your own immediate little world and community of like your family but beyond that it it can be really hard and you need it like I I, yeah you crave crave that I don't know it's just like a different sort of thing that needs to be filled
1: yeah there's like a void missing or, or a void that needs to be filled with and I think it has a lot to do with just maybe being a woman I mean I wish that I could get a male perspective on this, but I think that there's something about women and having other female community members with similar experiences and feelings and, and just those allies that we really need and is really important in our lives. Yeah,
0: t- I, I totally agree. Like I think, I think men, of course, need like their communities so much, but I, I do think like there is this thing, especially when you've gone through birth, that you you kind of like need to have that like sisterhood thing and there's just something it's something different I don't know (laughs) I agree (laughs) yeah
1: I, I that was the one thing about not not having it at the birthing center that was kind of a bummer they have a group invited into it until after your birth which I get at some level but also I was like ah dang it like that was like an automatic in and I don't get to be part of that for something that's just sort of out of my hands. And why couldn't I be since that's definitely like the philosophy that I still have. So I want to be like, it's nice to be surrounded by like-minded people. Um, Not necessarily only like-minded people, but it would be nice. And it's an immediate group. And I don't, I know allow me into it just a simple facebook community that seems
0: very mean (laughs) right
1: i don't know yeah
0: i mean there are i know here um i know like the la leche league seems to be a really good place because even if you're not necessarily struggling with breastfeeding but it's like a good place for other people who are like trying to breastfeed and can talk about like the woes of parenting and the trials and tribulations of breastfeeding and all that, but it seems like a good place to establish community. I would love,
1: I, yeah, I haven't looked through anything like that ha- yet. I'm sure yeah. they have
0: that there.
1: I, and you called, you said it was La Leche? Is yeah. The ones La called Leche it there? League. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I think it's cool. a national, a national program.
1: Well, I'm sure they have it around here. That's cool. I will look into that. Thanks. Cause no problem. Yeah. I would love that. I just yeah, that's I the think one thing it,
0: that's it's missing. good to, especially when you're parenting and like gonna be facing so many new things it's it's good to have other people that are like gonna support you in your decisions and are gonna be around you and yeah having like of course diversity and mindset is great but when you're doing those sorts of things it's nice to have some people that are banding with you and are up for what you want yeah
1: or at least yeah just that uplifting ally like they might make slightly different decisions but they're gonna
0: support you yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely but I mean I guess in the same breath I've been really lucky because Barry's been a parent before and so I didn't go in with a partner that was unexperienced so that yeah. was also really lucky because I knew we were on the same page on on that and how we were we approached things hi kitty I miss kitties um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's been really affirming and nice to also have as somebody like we just agree on how to approach Kate Morgan and how to approach the baby and all sorts of those decisions um, that's great yeah so that is nice Not necessarily the female community that I crave but at least my my partner and I and him having experience in this department more than I have
0: um, has been quite nice but that's good yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely just encourage you to like keep reaching out for those things or like looking and I, I'll I'll put my feelers out and see if there's things I feel like everyone in the doula community here like knows a bunch of things that I would never know so it's always worth asking
1: <laughs> yeah that would be great I mean I'm gonna do swim lessons with her at one of these like I don't know top, whatever it's called I don't know, I don't know, one of these <laughs> these places that's built around, like, <laughs> babies learning how to swim. And that was something that I, A, want to do just for my own, I think it would be fun for us, but I'm also yeah. hoping that in the process of, like, one of those type of things that I would meet other mothers, like, I want to do baby yoga, but they did, it was so hard for me to find prenatal yoga around really? here. It was incredibly challenging, and I knew about it going into getting pregnant I was like sweet can't wait to do prenatal yoga with other women that'll be a great community for me to be like a part of and there was very limited options and they were all 35 45 minutes away and it just didn't end up working out for my timing that's crazy yeah for something that is was so normal and common up in New England, it was and there's yeah. yoga on every corner here, don't get me wrong. But prenatal but yoga. Prenatal? No. And it blew my mind. Like like to the point where I was like, Well, next pregnancy I may just get my yoga certification and teach prenatal yoga classes and just like figure it out. Because that's
0: uh, really not a bad idea. Yeah. If there's like a hole in the I don't know hole in the industry fill it (laughs) seriously because that's crazy I mean that's such a such a great way to like cultivate community but it's also just so good for you to do when you're pregnant and yeah
1: I mean I did yoga classes but I was like the weirdo (laughs) not the weirdo but like that's you know I was the (laughs) oddball out in the room like thankfully I went to classes and found a, a place that was it was a diverse group of women in there there were you know people 75 and above along with you know the 19 year old in the room that super fit and then there I was so it was a a diverse group so we were all comfortable but uh, yeah there was no that that intimate community or that specific space was not available not easily at least that's such a shame yeah and I'm anticipating which I haven't looked into it yet because I've been I mean I guess not to make excuses but I've been busy um yeah, yeah have. <laughs> um, which sounds crazy I feel like Barry came up with the best description I'm like a squirrel in a cage I'm busy doing nothing <laughs> like <laughs> but it's everything I'm just no you're doing so much right but that's how it feels in comparison because I'm not working at a job and I feel like I'm really lucky to be a mom at home and I don't have to go back to work. Like, ugh, it's amazing. I, I appreciate my privilege a lot. Um, anyway, I just am anticipating that it's going to be the same thing with baby yoga. Like, I really want to do mom and baby yoga. Because that's yeah. a thing that's really, like, my sister did it with all of her girls. Like, I know that it's available in the Valley. Like, but I'm just guessing it's going to be the same thing. So hopefully I'm wrong
0: i hope so yeah but i mean oh there should be some they right like, i don't know how, how do you how do you get yoga out there
1: <laughs> right but that's the thing there's yoga on every corner
0: every gym offers it and there's yoga
1: studios that's why it was i guess so, so shocking to me yeah
0: that's so surprising yeah I'm Well, sure thanks for confirming on. my surprise <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like it should be everywhere <laughs> yeah uh, oh wow well. <music> Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out at um, services at gmail.com or you can follow me on Instagram at wild Doula. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear some feedback. You can review me on iTunes podcast. Um, let me know if you want to talk. I wanna. I want to keep talking. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much.